I'm doing all sound effects tonight. I'm doing all sound effects. Relax. This is a relaxing event. Don't tell me what this is and what this isn't. I wasn't talking to you. There is high pressure to perform tonight. I was, I was talking to everyone else. <laughs> Serious fucking business. The pressure's on you, Nathan. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast. Countdown to Double Down. That's right, folks. Gonna start doing two episodes bi-weekly. Welcome. <laughs> Countdown to Double Down. That's right. Now we're, just getting, now we're getting ridiculous. No, we're not getting ridiculous. Countdown to Bubble Town. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, tonight. That's right. You thought it was gonna be 97. In fact, it is not... Uh, we did talk about it being 96.1. That's also not true. It is actually 96 colon countdown to shutdown evasion episode. What is <laughs> not a real episode? You know what you should have done is started going backwards. This should have been 95. <laughs> this is this is uh, this is 96 colon countdown to reboot where we start over from number one, do the same movies except um, Amanda and Chelsea will be the main hosts. Gender swap. Gender That's n- nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Nathan becomes the intern, and the intern becomes a microphone. <laughs> he just gets his mouth open, and Nathan speaks into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here again. We're here again to bring you a plethora of solid entertainment, wit, and charm. Tonight could be, that's right, you've heard it before, and I'll say it again. Tonight could be the most epic lineup that we've ever had on Trailer Prep Podcast, ever, ever in the history of this podcast. And that's saying something because two people sharded in 96. You know, it's interesting that you say epic because there are a lot of epics that are not good. So accurate description of whatever's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Epics have the potential to fail hard. And and I'd go like on to, for way too long. I'd like to say that the shard, the sharding that happened, we are recognizing that that was like a 51% in terms of enthusiasm. You're trying to minimize your shard? <laughs> you're, you're trying to degrade your shard. Like, that was just barely a shard. Like, we tipped the needle over. I got to tell you, based on the balance of probability here, two people hitting 51%. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting odds on that, I think. It, yeah. It should mean all of us shard tonight. That's the only way to be a better episode than last time. Otherwise, we we're getting it as a failure. Do we record the intern shards? I think he may have sharded several times and we never noticed. <laughs> no. If there were lineups full of the Danish girl and uh, phantom phantom clothes, mm. I'm sure he did. Right. We got we to <laughs> slow, we gotta slow, <laughs> slow things down. I sharded on a Lost Trailers. Well, nobody pays oh, attention yeah. to that series. <laughs> yeah. a reason we haven't returned why. to it in a long time. That's true. Well, you know, and, and there may be one in the future. There's just all this heat. All this countdown to shutdown talk. Just, just like that's what I thought that your little sidestep was going to be was that we just start doing lost trailers forever. <laughs> sidestep, he says. You know what? It's not a sidestep. Okay, I'm just embracing this. 
whole process. You're telling me three more episodes to go. So I say, let's live in the now, okay? You, you tell me that it's countdown to shutdown. I tell you three more episodes until the Trailer Park Podcast spinoff starts production, Trailer Pound Podcast. <laughs> Strictly porn. Also, another spinoff happening, Intern Corner, fake Twitter followers and unkempt beards. Yikes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's just the intern yeah, getting Twitter arguments with bots. <laughs> <laughs> His own paid employees won't be nice to him. <laughs> All right. Paid employees. Intern. It's your click farm. Yeah. Well, what did you bring me tonight of value for the number 97? Come on. 97. Let's do it. Come on, intern. What, me? For 97? Yeah. You don't do anything. Countdown to shutdown three episodes (laughs) away from the end of Trailer Park Podcast. That's right. You heard from Nathan himself double down on countdown to shutdown. We are... (laughs) And all the next three episodes will be the most epic thing that have ever happened. Congratulations, ninety-seven. Double sexual down. sexual position, Daniel. Double down on the countdown to shutdown. <laughs> um, ninety-seven. Do we end before a hundred. Stay tuned. <laughs> before before you regale us with whatever this uh, spe- sexual uh, travesty might be. The sleepy saber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that what it's called? Uh, I just want you to know that 97 is a number of introspective and tolerant humanitarian, I'm assuming, ism. It says it says tolerant humanitarian, which doesn't even make sense as a sentence. So you better just go. <laughs> this is the uh, Connor McDavid episode. No, it is not. Don't ever say that fucking name on this podcast. That That <laughs> child has a frown that can't be turned upside down. Because he's too full of himself. Okay, ninety-seven sexual position. What's uh, what's a silky saber? <laughs> well, silky saber. That's that is a slight variation of the sleepy saber. Uh, but it has it goes by many names. Uh, the midnight surprise. Uh, the <laughs> hot dog. Um, but the true and, and and you'll see what I mean. But when I say variation, this is about slipping inside of your girlfriend while they're asleep. Now. <laughs> You can do the the sideways. That's the midnight surprise. Super, super easy. That's beginner level. Uh, she falls asleep on her stomach. You come in from the top. It's a little rapey. Going to want to make sure you have some sort of permission at least a week or so in advance. You don't want to do it the night before because then she knows it's coming. Um, <clears throat> that's the hot dog. But the sleepy saber, the true master level of this form of sexual position is slipping in underneath her while she's sleeping. So she's on her back. You want to slowly make your way underneath her and move her entire body on top of your body. <laughs> what kind of drugs do you have to give her to make that happen? That's up to you. <laughs> and we can talk about how much you drug her. There's different names for different levels. But yeah, you're going to want to get her on top. Then it's up to you. Which side do you want to go into? Sleepy Saber. In my experience, I find that NyQuil is a nice, easy drug for this particular move because you're not feeling too good so you just want to pass out you're exhausted and you don't really know what's happening to your body yeah you're just being moved around by your lover and because because you're you're a little sickly you think they're comforting you they're not right (laughs) you think oh he's gonna make me his blanket 97 (laughs) what about you fake a work trip right and you sneak in under the bed and masturbate until she can hear you huh and then you just finish, or no. she joins you? No, she calls the cops because she doesn't know it's you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a. We just took a 97, turned it into a 9.7, then it rounded it out with a 187. 
You say, well, it ends that way. Huh? <laughs> Actually, no. That you, you could also just say, no, you know, don't go under the bed and masturbate, but fake the work trip. Fake the work trip, then do a silky saber, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, sleepy saber. I feel like silky saber is when you just like you just put a like drape some silk over your dick oh. and just use that like a <laughs> like a dinner mat condom. We could call it sneaky saber, where you fake a work trip and then. Well, Surprise! Sneaky, sneaky saber is redundant. To make it a true sneaky saber, it almost become rape because you have to find someone you truly don't know. Mm. This is going off yeah. the rails. Yeah, somebody you don't know. Yeah. Okay. No. Like I'm pretty sure 97 <laughs> is just rape. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're going with that, folks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that did go off the rails. I could start to hear genuine concern in Amanda's voice, and whenever I hear that, I like to change the segment. And that's what we're going to do. All right. So no more sexual countdown. Countdown. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. (laughs) Okay. So we're dealing with a little box office bonanza here tonight. Is everybody excited? Get it. Okay. Get it, get it, get it. All right, okay. Uh, so Black Panther, okay, just passed the Avengers with the highest domestic box office gross for a superhero movie, which is actually pretty impressive, especially with a February release. Mm-hmm. Did you know mm-hmm. that uh, in terms of like the highest grossing box office February day that Black Panther holds six of the top 10 in February, days in February for highest grossing? So, so basically every weekend in February is owned by... Black Panther. I don't so, know if they break it down. Just that out way. of curiosity, uh, there's been people buying theater, the whole theater, and giving out tickets for free so people can go watch it. How many of those seats do you think were not filled? Oh, like you're talking about Florida Panther style, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we sold the tickets, but nobody cares. Hmm. Well, a bunch of kids got to go see it for free. Yeah. But if they bought the whole theater, Right. Were they actually full theaters? Well, you're introducing variables I have no information about, so I can't help you. But yeah. what I can do is continue with my prepared Sad Sack Studio Q&A right. session. Is that okay if I do that? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we're not talking about worldwide box office totals, which Black Panther doesn't look like it has a shot at eclipsing, but that's not the point. We're talking domestic. We're talking about superhero movies and about how much... America cares about them. So, I'm ready. Since Disney took control of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2008, what is the movie that America cared the least about? Uh, Thor 2. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to go Thor 2, yeah. Mm. Daniel, is that because you, you don't remember Ant-Man? Okay. No. Uh. Mm. Uh. It's interesting because it's, it's like Avengers at the top and then Iron Man 3. Doctor Strange? No, no. Are we yeah, counting like the early? It, but I know it's good, but did people see it in droves? Are we counting the early Hulks? Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, 2008 in Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton is 2008. Maybe that one. That's right, Daniel. The Incredible Hulk, starring <laughs> Edward Norton, has made the least amount of money in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since since Disney took control. There is a slight caveat here. I discovered that Paramount Pictures continued to produce these movies for a few years after Disney bought Marvel. So, whatever. Just running out that contract. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Marvel Entertainment still had control over it. They were still making the movies, so I consider it the same formula. What did Disney pay to acquire Marvel? Does anybody know? One bajillion dollars. Bajillion is not a number that I'm aware of. 
We're talking uh, bees, now, right? We're talking billions. We're talking billions. Like is it 40? 20, 20 billion is not correct. 38 billion dollars. 38 billion is not correct. Just My keep... guess was 40. That's very much not correct. Okay. 100 mi- billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> See, this is fun. Uh, the actual answer is four billion. Yeah. Four billion. Mm-hmm. And how much box office revenue has the Marvel Cinematic Universe generated since its inception in 2008 with Iron Man? One hundred billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ten billion. That's close. It's actually fifteen billion. So worth the purchase. Yeah, I mean, you know, factor in the whole Paramount Pictures thing, factor in all the salaries, factor in all the production budgets and stuff. That's just straight revenue. So okay, so actual profit is probably they probably broke even right now. Yeah, maybe I mean, that could or be like f- maybe double the profit. Maybe yeah, they probably so, they've made four or five billion. Yeah. I could probably yeah. guess. Fair assessment. Black Panther probably put them over the edge here. Fair assessment. They took something, they made a bunch with it, and God knows there's more coming, right? Mm. So if Black Panther is currently the reigning champion of the 2018 box office, which it is worldwide, what movie is in second place? Mm. In this universe? No, just in MCU? general. Just in general. Oh, Avatar. No, I'm talking about 2018 box oh, office. Oh, 2018. Yeah, I'm talking oh. about things like, like Tomb Raider, like Fifty Shades Freed, like Red Sparrow. Fifty Shades Freed. <sighs> Fifty Shades Freed is in fourth position currently. Ooh. That's not bad. That is guys. not that's not bad at all. <laughs> Nothing to shake a stick at. It <laughs> you, came out February fourteenth ish. I mean mm-hmm. the third in a cheese series. Could we say that uh it's maybe room for a fourth fifty shades there? Possibly. <laughs> just goes off the rails. NC seventeen. Well let me tell you what's in second place in the worldwide box office right now. It's uh Hong Hai Shing Dong. Yeah. Mm. Why do you ask us questions we can't possibly know the answer to? That was going to be my 500 guess. I don't don't prepare the Q&A segment, okay? This is uh, from Sad Sack Studios Producers. Anybody want to know what third place is? Is it a French film? It's um, Tang Ren G10 and 2. So That's nice. A sequel? It's, uh, well, yeah, it is, it's actually translated as Detective Chinatown 2. I'm glad we're beating China at something. Well, yeah, Black Panther is $1.2 billion, uh, worldwide. And um, number two, Hong Hai Shingdong, also known as Operation Red Sea, um, is $572 million, with a Second. domestic take of $1.4 million. <laughs> what I'm hearing you say, though, is as far as American movies go, Fifty Shades Freed is number two. Exactly, yes. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, that that's a good draw from there. That's uh, absolutely correct. If I was to And that apparently the Chinese are just eating up Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's see what the... Uh, okay, Fifty Shades Freed has a domestic box office of $100 million, just over. International, 267. Mm. Wow. Loving it. Yeah, grand total of $368 million for Fifty Shades Freed. Third place uh, domestic movie or North American movie is Maze Runner 3. That came out that this came year? That came out this year? This is, this is tallying 2018 box office, yeah. Oh, so Star Wars is probably on there also then, hey? Maybe near the bottom because of the movie. Yeah. It would only be the money it made in 2018. Yeah. And yes, it looks like um, Maze Runner 3 came out late January, it looks like. Hmm. so. Jeez, that just came and went. Well, it's actually only made 57 domestically and the rest of it 226 worldwide. So that's uh, interesting. Um, how about, this one's interesting. How about the top-selling Blu-ray of 2018? Mm. What has come out on Divda? Units sold in 2018. That's what this is. No, I can't. 
I don't even know what's come out. Yeah, nothing to buy lately. So did uh, Star Wars just sell out since Tuesday? In two days? Is this uh <laughs> No. I don't know the, the numbers on that. All I Thor, know is the Thor three. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Thor three. Ja- <laughs> Justice League came out. Mm, Justice League. Let's see if I can spot it. No, I can't spot it. Gotta be Shape of Water. Uh, no, I'll just tell you because it might be more interesting to just tell you what uh, some of them are, and then you can regale me with your feedback. Uh, first place is it. Mm. Seven hundred eighty-seven thousand units sold. Mm. All right. Number two is Blade Runner twenty forty-nine. Yeah. After that, it drops uh, over three hundred thousand units to Wonder at third. Oh my God. Yeah. Who the, bought Wonder? Three hundred and twenty thousand three hundred ninety-four people bought that movie about that kid with the fucked up face. So, That's right. Fun. Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson and the kid with yeah. the all the religious folk. Bought you'll that. you'll be happy to see Geostorm making an appearance at seven. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Geostorm. <laughs> so good. Tyler Perry's Boo Two, a Medea Halloween, coming in at fifteen on the Blu-ray, number one on DVD. Number one on DVD. Yeah. Tyler Perry. I will really point out very quickly shit. for a, <laughs> for Amanda, 20th spot, 50 Shades Darker. Darker. Oh, yeah. It's and a good one, too. And 21st place, 50 Shades of Grey, 50 Shades Darker, two movie collection. Mm-hmm. I do want, <laughs> I told you, when it come, when they come, when they're all out, I want some sort of like sweet like bondage box set. Yeah. This is crazy because those movies didn't fucking come out. That, like They came out a long time ago. And they're 20th and 21 well, on units that's sold. That's because they re- re-released them for the well, new movie. Just go to Pornhub, right? Am I right? I mean, no, the box set needs to be like a, a set of woman's legs that are closed, and you have to like stroke <laughs> them softly on the top, and they open up, and the DVD and the DVDs are there. Or it's like a red bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like from the movie. You it should come to. with a whip. Yeah. How about yeah, you have to you have to beat it. You have to beat it to oh open it. <laughs> <laughs> to stick something in, like a little, like there's little butt cheeks at the bottom in a special package. You gotta like slide something in. <clears throat> yeah, we got to shame it into vulnerability. Click it open. <laughs> um, actually, and Daniel, you'll be, and well, Daniel and Amanda, you'll be happy to see that uh, at 43rd place, 2018 units sold, John Wick, number one. Mm. Mm. John mm. Wick, the first movie. 27,000 units sold in 2018. 43rd place. That's crazy. Wow. It's always a good buy. Well, it's, yeah, I mean. It's, a, it's, it's hard it's, to go wrong on an $8 Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Price point has dropped. Sure. There's only can... lunatic people that buy Blu-rays at $25 plus. It's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, I know. In fact, I'd say no. the people who do that are complete idiots. I mean... Get the 4K ones for 35 <laughs> I only buy 3D Blu-rays. I just set it up for him, and he just walks right into it. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right, moving on. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but from Trailer Park Podcast, episode 96, there was some discussion about Amanda creating a uh, a F-mat, or sorry, a a list of men, right, to to rival the flat list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We have discovered, uh, Sad Sack has discovered that a list has been created. Um, It's called the WIMP list um does anyone want to take a shot at what wimp stands for um, hmm. i don't know will hump <laughs> no <laughs> in man pimp i don't know <laughs> daniel any uh any any guesses oh i i know it oh well please tell us well i think amanda should uh should share this with us okay 
the WIMP list is a list of individuals who are welcome in my pussy. <laughs> welcome in my pussy. <laughs> All right. So in response to this, uh, Sad Sack has launched a smear campaign to discredit uh, WIMP entries in the hopes of shrinking the shocking amount of penis being welcomed on this list. Um, we have received a leak uh, from the uh, from the insiders there that have uh, divulged who some of these people are that are on the wimp list and gentlemen tonight our job is to try to discredit these these men and get them off the wimp list and Amanda will of course tell us uh, whether or not we have succeeded all right okay so uh, we have learned that uh, Channing Tatum uh, they're calling him Channing Tastim <laughs> um, is on this uh, is on this wimp list. What do we have to do to get this guy down? This is a strong entry. This is a pretty strong entry. He was in Jupiter Ascending. That's where we have to focus there. Yeah, he was the fucking runt of the lichen splice litter in Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, he's basically like halfway into John Candy's costume from... from, Spaceballs. uh, Spaceballs. (laughs) But he sure can dance in... uh... In that Coen Brothers movie, Hail Thank Caesar. You. He's Thank like, you, intern. He's like trying to be his own entity and trying to make his own production company and trying to be good, but he's just mediocre. He's just average. Are you going to welcome an average man with an average penis into your pussy? Yes. As long as he's playing gay sailors, sure. Yeah, it's the rock-heartedness. That's what they're into. We have to steer from that. God damn he it. was an actual stripper. He knows how to move his body. Fine, fine. Let's move on. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, so funny. And Canadian. Yeah, exactly. He's Canadian. We need to focus there. And also ripped, though. So ripped. Mm, These are tough ones. And he's funny. Like, the way him and Blake Lively, like, sort of fuck with each other online is adorable. I'm like, oh, he's he seems like a actual like cool person right except he married alanis morissette what's not cool about that she's a rock goddess intern do you not understand the instructions what (laughs) we're trying to get him off the list why are you defending his honor is he welcome Uh, in your is he welcome in your asshole no his his biggest sin is like straight to the shelf action films like Hitman yeah. Bodyguard. <laughs> that one with... Uh... He does a bunch of those. He's like, oh, God, I, I'm an old person in a young guy's body. Or, oh, I'm your cop buddy again. Or... It's like Canadian oh, ones. We're, we're dead and we're like reapers or something. <laughs> yeah. Remember he's, that one? He's throwing a bone oh, wow. to Canadian filmmakers with that foolproof movie. Come on. <laughs> he's he's a good guy. Interns right. Fine. He can right, Daniel. He can he can do it, right? He can enter me, honey. He's not welcome in my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Burt Reynolds. We've we've heard a leak that Burt Reynolds is on this, <laughs> this one list. makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, he's eighty two years old for starters. And it was actually a current interview that yeah. made me say, Oh yeah, Burt Reynolds, wimp. He needs he needs a cane and a personal assistant to get around. Yeah, but I bet she doesn't need that to get it up. Well, he recently had a little slip too when being interviewed when he said that Sally Field was the love of his life and that he fell deeply in love with her when she was a small child of only seven years old. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, those actors they live in a different world. <laughs> Mostly a world where it's okay to fuck children. Would you but, like us to pull him off the list? Well, you uh, yeah, we'll have to research further into that. Just taking him on his sort of archetype, mm-hmm. I think it speaks to our current culture why Burt Reynolds would suddenly become sexy again. Because he's a man? Because he's like a 70s man's man. Mm-hmm. Like fucking hairy. I've got a barrel chest and skinny arms and you're going to like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he's just 
super sleazy and full of jokes and driving cars that get two miles to the gallon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gator. <laughs> Fair enough. Nostal- nostalgic wimp. Uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Ooh. Oh, my God. I forgot mm. that I was into him. And then I saw his face and I remembered, oh, man, he's got like a, a smoky, like devil may care vibe oh, about him. He yeah. does. He's, yeah. Except he's a liar. He, uh, <clears throat> he, <laughs> <laughs> he hides his heritage to be successful. He dropped his surname, Hernandez, to get more, to get more roles. A fucking liar. Mm, he is. Yeah. I thought that was hidden ethnic talk when you said smoky. Um, it's true. He is. You know, I, I like it. I like that choice, actually. He's kind of like the intellectual man's Tatum. (laughs) The name of this game is Smear Campaign, gentlemen. It is not, I like that choice. Go ahead. Well, I have a tough time here. (laughs) The only anti is you, Nathan. I feel like you're the one that's uncomfortable with men. Do we need to talk about sexuality? To clean up this list, it's very long. Is Jake on there? It's very long. Jake Gyllenhaal is welcome inside of all of us. Hey, hey, Jake. Jake. He's your Wima. (laughs) <laughs> Why don't you start with me? Okay, uh, Idris Elba. Uh, His nickname uh, well, is DJ Big Drees. <laughs> don't we feel that his real role was the first one from The Wire? Like, that's who he is as a real person. Mm, like, a, like a week number two that gets killed for trying to be douchey? Yeah. No, no. He's like the sad, you know, underground hero in the Thor movies. Oh, yeah. Ragnarok really did a number on you, hey, buddy? <laughs> That's uh, that's how I know him. He's the, he's the gatekeeper. No, I will say, I feel like this is being a little bit unfairly represented because while Idris Elba is a gorgeous man and I would make love to him, if I was to go to a brothel in, look, in looking for a, a black man, hmm. I did specifically say Denzel is still the winner of that particular category. Hmm. Like Denzel from... Roman J. Israel Esquire? No. Denzel or, Washington. Not that version. Not that era. <laughs> that specific one, yeah. The, the, notes, the notes that I have from the leak are uh, circa 1996 Denzel Washington, which can't actually happen either. But Sad Sack is concerned that he could be a wimp at his present age, so we would just like to stress that he's one of the few Hollywood stars that hasn't fucked up his marriage. Do you really want to be a homewrecker, Amanda? Perhaps. His marriage is strong because she lets him be free. Yeah. I feel like she's mm. super secure being bottom bitch. Your spin game is tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tight. Sad Sack spent some time coming up with these lines and uh, they're just being spun out of here. <laughs> I, I feel like Denzel could like just instantly convince a reporter that infidelity is totally okay. <laughs> He was like, yeah, of course I have a side woman. How do you think I love my wife so much? Why do you hate marriages? And they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then Jamie Foxx <laughs> appears in the background on the piano. I got a woman <laughs> way over town who's good to me. Hey, yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, they have here written Paul Newman circa 1962, but we can't, we can't go there because there's no need to tarnish the legend's memory. No, he gets past. He gets past. <clears throat> Stephen Yun. Mm-hmm. Glenn. Glenn. Are you, yeah. Well, he's, mm. man, you've got a, you've got a solid list here, babe. Too many people like him, so there has all to I be can something say is wrong I just, with him. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. No, that's all I got. Is I that first, there's... I think I have like... Uh, so many races represented. You ethnicities. do. Nice Even diversity. the blends. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. a diverse wimp. Yeah, <laughs> I love that it's wimp. This is a very clever <laughs> acronym. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I've got. Is too many people like Stephen Young. 
Like, there's nobody that dislikes him. Like, he's just charming and nice, and it's sickening. There's something wrong with him. He's got to be an alien. Sickening. There's something wrong. Where Where are the people like Simon Pegg? Mm, no. Well, they're like uh... my weirdos. <laughs> the, like the, the double Phoenix. W. The double W's. Like, me... <laughs> the weirdo wimp. The weirdos Men welcome I pity in my pussy. In my pussy. <laughs> the weirdos welcome in my pussy. Double W. Or, like, Pity fuck participants. <laughs> mm. What about what about my, some amams? Who would you pity fuck? That, <laughs> that's going to take some thought, <clears throat> possibly. And while we do that, maybe we should see uh, what kind of things uh, Nathan likes. Oh uh, wait, oh, whatever happened to amams? What do you mean? Uh, actresses uh, who can accept my seed. <laughs> Please take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> What actresses can accept your seed? Well, that's dot, dot, dot. Emily Blunt. This is going to be for the blowout uh, finale, <laughs> episode 100. Countdown to shutdown. Hundo Cumathon. Okay. Hashtag all mans. Mm. Hashtag wins. Put some thought into that. I'd actually like to hear your list, Daniel, because you tend to <laughs> shit on a lot of women actresses. Actresses who may accept my seed. That's the actual acronym, yeah. Yeah, it's his list is basically like two people. <laughs> mean and a grump. Like Kathy Bates from Misery. Uh, no, from About Schmidt. No, you get to see her naked. Oh. Helen yeah. Mirren and El- Emily Blunt. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta <laughs> open up the timeline. Time. I, I need to write these down. You gotta, you gotta open up the timeline. You gotta allow for like years, like Kathleen Turner, circa mm, right. Oh, ninety four. Um, <laughs> Helen Mirren, circa anytime, know, anytime, right now. Okay. Um, is okay, it... go go ahead. What Nathan likes. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Things I like. I like things. Things I like. I like things. Something I like that I saw recently is that uh, Steven Spielberg doesn't think that Netflix films should qualify for Oscars. Excuse you, Spielberg? He says that a movie should have to be in a theater for it to qualify to be in an Oscar Why? Uh, I think because uh, there's too many people who uh, put effort in the industry into making the movies and supporting the movies. And uh, he doesn't think that uh, Netflix is uh, participating. And this is on the heels of Cannes telling Netflix that uh, they won't qualify for any of their awards. Because moving forward, like last year, they allowed movies to be nominated for awards. And it was under the assumption that they would be doing a theater release with them. And when they, when Netflix disagreed to take part in that, they blackballed them. So there's kind of like this I... war going on with theaters equal awards. And it, it should. It's oh, the movie here experience. Go. Here we go. You should go watch movies in the theater. Well, the part that I like about this is that there's a pissing contest going on, and they're trying to make uh, awards connected to theaters and trying to use that as leverage to fuck with Netflix's model or to get them to play ball or be a part of a gang, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is a death rattle of a changing industry and the old fogies being pissed off that the you know, the paradigm is changing. I I get what the intern say, is saying about, like, the theater experience. I still like seeing movies in the theater. I don't always want to watch movies at home. But the quality of a film has nothing to do with where you see it. Like, to say that it does is, is 
I don't know, to me, it's silly. I mean, it's saying that someone who maybe doesn't have the kind of exposure that Steven fucking Spielberg does can't make as good of a movie. And that's that's absurd. Yes. And if Spielberg needs to have a, a big, long talk with the theater chain industry, because whatever movie theater experience was exalting cinema in the past uh, ferociously and violently tried to fuck you out of enjoying anything the last 30 years, uh, so much so that a from the ground Texas movie theater chain here literally took it over within a decade. And now when people have to go to a regular movie theater, it's like, oh, oh, God, I have to sit in a room with a bunch of people who were talking and texting and being rude and disgusting. Yeah. So There's if you want pleasurable about that, I wanted people to continue enjoying the movie experience. Maybe you shouldn't have made it cost what it cost to go to a fucking amusement park with your kids. That's so I have a hard time feeling some sympathy for, for Spielberg. His well, I don't have any sympathy for him. I just think it's funny. I like that there's a, a war starting or that they're trying to use their clout in Hollywood to use awards as leverage to make Netflix come to heel. It's about making Netflix wow. share their revenue with theaters. It has nothing to do with awards. It has everything to do with getting Netflix to play the game the way that right. they think, want them to play it. One of the problems is, is that there's movies that are going to be coming out that it would be nice to go watch in the theater that you're not going to get that for. One of the big ones being... Um, that we did get, which probably will be the last time, is Annihilation. And over the rest of the world, besides the U.S. and Canada, that's going right to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, North American theater so, release, and Netflix internationally. Yeah. I would have been... I'm glad I got to watch that in a theater. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd rather watch it in a theater than watch it on a 60-inch television. I think the future is about, like, rich people building their own private theaters and yeah. their own massive sound systems and craziness. And if you could pay more, like when you go on demand, you can pay more premium fee to see it in your house early instead of going to the theater. There's a whole thing there, I think, that's going to explode. What's even funnier is that they are so hell-bent that all the awards mean anything at all, and that <laughs> culture hasn't overwhelmingly been pushing away from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when people get Academy Awards, they are instantly in more things. Yeah, like actors. Well, and there was a positive response everything. this year to the Oscars, and there was a terrible response to the Oscars last year. So there's no, it's no surprise that awards are a topic of conversation this way after the Oscars resurrected themselves somewhat. But even then, just just optically, not not uh, from ratings. So it, I, the genera- like the general population doesn't give a shit. Especially the further you get away from Hollywood, no one cares. Except for why don't the- we just have a separate awards? Why not have you know the, the streamies or whatever? Yeah, like we should start our own. We don't need to sign up to be a part of the Golden Raspberry Foundation and change how that exists. We just need to start our own awards. No, no, no. If there's if there's existing infrastructure that we can take over. We're gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Something else I like. I like. Uh, this article in the New Yorker called The Great Sadness of Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) We're very familiar with this. Yeah. It talks about his giant back tattoo that he has been hiding and denying its existence for years. And it's coming to light now in these uh, photos where he was having a bromance with a bunch of guys on a beach. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) He's just a fucking loser. (laughs) that made this huge phoenix on his back. Oh, I hope he was drunk or stoned when he did it because it looks awful. That's so big, though. That, yes, that's multiple <laughs> sessions. That's terrible. 
Yeah, that's definitely at least three three sittings uh, for that tattoo. And Jennifer Garner's like just always asked about everything. Like, oh, your ex-husband's a douche. Would you want to talk about it? <laughs> like every time. She's like, I always hated looking at it when I was fucking him. Yeah. Whoa. How would you... Okay. There oh, you go. Hey. There you go. Put the pieces together. Ben Affleck, is he on your wimp list? No. no. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, something else I like is uh, this is not movie related. Uh, I I saw this article about these vegan protesters that went to a restaurant in Toronto called the Antler or something like that. Yeah, the Antler Kitchen and Bar, and they were like, you know, murderer and killing animals because they're serving venison and bison, and wild right. boar and stuff. Anyway, the co-owner of this restaurant he comes to the window in front of the protesters and he starts carving up some meat. A deer leg. <laughs> Yeah, he starts, a deer leg up. Yeah, he carves up a deer leg in front of him and then cooks it up and like does this whole thing and <laughs> <laughs> just makes them all freak out and go wild. Anyway, I think that's hilarious. How dare you go to a man's business and fucking animal rights activist your face off in front of somebody's business? Yeah, yeah, you should be out there cooking some. And you should be killing an animal in front of them. Dick. Right? <sighs> How dare this butcher sell meat? Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah, awesome. And lastly, the thing I like and uh, Amanda will find this amusing is uh the vegas golden knights in the nhl i like that they could deliver one of the biggest blows to sports books ever if they won the stanley cup simply because they opened as a 250 to 1 uh odds and many people in las vegas bought a ticket for like 50 bucks to just have it as a piece of history as the first franchise oh, wow. in las vegas and if all of these tickets paid out <laughs> it would it would That's bankrupt awesome bookies it's hilarious that this is happening they were 200 to 1 to win their division and they're gonna win it Mm -hmm. so even just winning their division is gonna cause a huge fucking piss off to a bunch of gambling overlords well that's awesome i will you know help the cause for the mgm grand with my 40 dollar ticket for the stars to win the cup because obviously they went straight to the bottom Hmm. just fucking tanked so I made a contribution to keeping M Life <laughs> hotels in business. But you had belief and hope, and that's what the ticket was about. I did. It wasn't for a souvenir like these Las Vegas assholes. Nobody that's thought true. they were going to win anything. They were buying it as a souvenir. Just imagine if that souvenir paid out sickening mm-hmm. amounts of money. I hope so. I hope it does. That's the only reason why I want them to win is because of that. Every other reason I can't justify. So that being said... Um, is everyone ready for an amazing lineup tonight? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Great. Okay. okay. <laughs> we all just leave. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna charge ourselves up with a little a little battle cry as usual. Tonight, our headliner is Avengers Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War. Here we go.
entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. made-up names, then I am Spider-Man. Someone was doing all of the sound effects this episode? Oh, I know. He has to say, uh, Nathan, worried or excited, and then I go ding. Oh, Nathan, Nathan, worried or excited. <laughs> well, <laughs> here we are. Uh, chapter 7 of Phase 3 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, just some talking points coming in here from Sansak on my, uh, on my earpiece. Um, so, on March 1st, North America was approaching the two months left mark for the film, but Marvel Studios made an official announcement that day saying the film's release date will be moved up a week in advance, and it <sighs> will now be released worldwide on April 27th. Oh my god. Yep. The move comes uh, apparently because they're trying to create more room between it and Han's solo, uh, solo a Star Wars story. However, I think it's because they wanted to use the Avengers A on the poster for April. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah makes sense. But that could, adds up. Yeah. Well, they could have done the A in May too. I guess I didn't think about that before. May yeah. Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> will this movie will be released five days before the tenth anniversary of Iron Man, the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh wow! Well, oh wow! Well. <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr. requested the furniture in his house in Los Angeles be shipped to the filming location at, in Atlanta, and the movie studios complied. Uh, what else do I got here? Hmm. That doesn't sound like a waste of money at all. Um, it also doesn't sound like a risk to your furniture. Come on. Moving is bad for that kind of thing. Yeah. How much uh, spoilers do you want me to get into here? Because this uh, story in the comic books is cosmic, like crazy cosmic. Yeah, and, it looks well, like a huge fucking crazy ensemble well, of 
shit. Yeah. The fu- it, okay, so it deals with the Infinity Stones, right? So five of the six Infinity Stones have surfaced already in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Space Stone, um, uh, which was also known as the Tesseract, was uh, revealed oh, in Captain America, the first Avenger, and now resides with Loki. The Mind Stone, which was uh, housed in Loki's staff until Avengers Age of Ultron, and now is in possession of Vision. The Power Stone, first seen in Guardians of the Galaxy, is under the control of Nova Corps uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. Reality Stone, also known as the Ether, was in Thor, the Dark World, and was placed in the care of the Collector, but the Collector's Vault was destroyed in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And its whereabouts are unclear. Uh, the fifth and final stone, the Time Stone, which is also known as the Eye of Agamotto, was revealed in Doctor Strange and is under the protection of Kamartash. Uh, the whereabouts of the sixth stone, the Soul Stone, is unknown and may appear in this movie. Um, I can get really deep into all of the crazy bullshit going on with... Nope, uh, don't care. ...the cosmicness of it all. Is, is that- this movie a part one? It is a part one. It is a part one. And it's a billion-dollar budget, reportedly, for this movie and the next one. Together. $400 million spent on the principal cast salaries, of which half, $200 million, is all down here. What? <laughs> it's $200 million for these two movies. <clears throat> He's got to be done right, soon, yeah. hey? It's actually kind of interesting, because Thanos is, in the comic books anyway, in love with uh, like the personification of death. Like, uh, Mistress Death is her name. She's... Anyway... And the number of living things in the universe becomes greater than the number who have died. Mistress Death tasks Thanos with correcting the imbalance by killing half of the universe. So Thanos journeys around the universe collecting the Infinity Stones, adding them to his gauntlet. Once assembled, he visits Death, hoping she will now talk to him as an equal. But instead, she continues to speak to him speak to him through an intermediary because he is now his superior. That's how powerful the Infinity Gauntlet and stones are. If you possess all of them, then you are more powerful than Death itself. <sighs> but then, shouldn't can he kill death that sense makes sense uh no i don't think he just can't can die yeah, yeah can you bring death to life is that how you kill death it gets <laughs> it gets weird i understand where daniel's going with this it gets stupid right because there's too many cosmic things going on and it gets even worse it gets it gets crazy in the comic books and i don't think they're going where the comic books are going because there would have been characters no. involved by now that should have been involved that aren't involved so all of this stuff uh they're taking ideas and making them different for everything so let's That's toss all that aside the then, and we'll just say that this is epic. This is two hours and 36 minutes of Ooh, epic, massive superpowers, like massive superheroes, people flying at each other and fighting each other and craziness going on and quippy things being said. I'm going to say that I am excited because it's going to be a huge cinematic event and I'll probably buy an IMAX ticket and act like an idiot. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Intern? I'm going to read something here. The novelization. Joaquin Phoenix is talking about, he's been offered two separate roles. Doctor Strange turned it down. Yeah, and uh, Banner for the Hulk. So this is his response to uh, this whole situation. I think they make some great, fun movies. There's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm not a fucking, like, cinephile. I'm not a snob, and I'm totally fine with... <sighs> I enjoy these movies sometimes, and I think they keep the fucking industry going in some ways. So I don't have a problem with that at all. I agree. Uh, it probably keeps the industry going in some ways. I also disagree totally with that statement, because all this money is going into this, which has to be taken from somewhere, which is the small independent movies that I enjoy watching. I will continue to say, fuck Disney. Ooh. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. You're putting your foot down. You've had it. I was upset about Black Panther. Black Panther was okay. 
Okay. Still not as good as Iron Man 1, which was the beginning and end of this whole... They're training people to spend their money on these things, right, intern? It's a travesty. It's horrible. Yeah. Go spend your money on something else, yeah. something that Joaquin Phoenix is in instead. This is an epic event, That's and you're just going to pee on it. That's what's happening. Yep. Okay. Can't wait to piss all over Solo next. Maybe there's some more urine coming Worry. our way. Uh, uh, Amanda. Uh, it's a... I'm tempted. This movie tempts me into an excited with um, the addition of the Guardians characters mm -hmm. into, you know, the Avengers movies and stuff. How many wimp members are in this movie? <laughs> Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, Hemsworth, yeah. RDJ. No, no, no. RDJ did not make the list. Hard, hard pass or just a slight pass? Just a, just a pass. Just a little, he got those general pass. He's too when those much. old, when those, when those old drug addicts age, they start He's, to. Yeah. <laughs> he, dipped, he dipped into the heroina, into the, uh, into the heroin in the '90s, and people just won't let it go. No, I mean it catches up with you. He's, I know he's been sober for a long time. But... <laughs> also, he's just he's too pleased with himself. When you're yeah. too impressed with yourself, you mm. can't be impressed with all of this. He's having, uh, he's having RDJ his... is the original. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Reynolds. He's he's having his sh his furniture shipped. Yeah, he's having his furniture shipped. He's making, he's making two hundred million. million dollars. Think about it from the from the optics of the other actors, right? Like he's making two hundred million of a four hundred million total pool for salaries, and he's getting his furniture shipped to the set. Is that the By most the an actor's studio. ever been paid? He's not even paying for it himself. <laughs> That's an insane amount of money. It is probably the highest salary ever for an actor but it is for two movies so you'd have to split it up be like 100 million per movie and you'd have to take a look at all the actors who have had back-end deals on um like an no 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 who straight up got a hundred million to do a movie well that's probably him right like salary straight up but there have been deals in the past where like keanu i think keanu got like a back-end percentage of the reloaded and revolutions box office and he probably cleared 200 million from those two movies in early 2000s so yeah it just seems um, crazy it seems just for what these people do like people talk about athletes talk about like big superstar actors it's insane and you could tell from the trailer that 99 percent of this movie is computer graphics here here's some uh, context for you keanu reeves previously has made the most for the matrix trilogy at 30 million Bruce Willis then comes in for the sixth sense at fourteen million. But you're just looking at salary. You're not looking at back end salary. Yeah, percentage. What back end is, is is Downey getting on these? I'm assuming yeah, not. Are if... they also getting residuals on top of this? Yeah. I certainly hope not. Well, he would be. They probably are split seventy five ways. <laughs> yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts here, Amanda? Where are you going to land on this? Anyway, so I'm tempted by some of the I like I like certain. Uh, storylines in the marvel universe right and so since they're all you know coming in for a big party i'm tempted by that but then even the trailer seems too big too convoluted i feel like i'm going to get tired it's going to be action 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 10 minutes of exposition action 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 and i can't handle it i'm going to get bored i'm going to get tired and i think chris pratt and the little kid that's spider-man now their adorableness is not going to be enough. Is, is Tom to... Holland welcome in your pussy? No, he's too young. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want it. Yeah, he can't square up against Bert. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't want Holland, or you don't want Avengers. Both. Okay, so I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be fine, but I don't want to see it. 
worried. Oh, uh, Amanda, now's the perfect time to rewatch the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the other you thing. Can watch I'm... all 14 movies, then these. I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. Me either. I don't think I ever made it really through the last Avengers movie. I didn't make it all the way because I thought it was boring. What made you go see Ragnarok in the theater? Why did we see that? Oh, I think I wanted to hang out with my dad. Oh. And, you know, him and my mom would always, they saw all these movies. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, your buddy. And, and then it was fun. That one, See, I liked that one, but I don't want to watch Thor 2. I don't want to go back and see that one. <laughs> well, yeah, Thor 2 is a different movie. And Napo's in it. Then you guys have a have a hate on for the Black Swan. Um Daniel. I don't. Only uh, Daniel for does. Nat Poe, not the Black Swan. I, I like right. Natalie Portman. I understand. I, I did that on purpose to make there be conflict inside of you. Okay. <laughs> right. Now I'm going to take all the things Amanda just said because I agree with all of those and I'm going to fall excited because I just want to see. I respect the outrageous astronomical achievement that this film is. Not like in, in a sappy spiritual sort of way just the grinding hundreds of millions of dollars getting 80 actors together writing a script that brings together a a dozen two dozen movies and plot lines i just want to i know it's going to be a convoluted mess i know it's going to have the same problem as avengers 2 which is like an hour and a half in your brain just can't handle any more emotional slow motion action and so you just go well this is just a bunch of noise and you fall asleep i know that's going to happen with this one i can feel it it almost happened during the trailer but yeah just the uh, i need to see the achievement this is like a crazy ass thing it's not gonna be great it's just gonna be wow i can't believe this all came together and you squeezed it out applause it's it's actually i'm just gonna add to that daniel that it is stunning how they've built towards this moment and how it seems like they have had everything on a very strict planned timeline the Mm -hmm. entire time it seems very engineered and very structured in how they've proceeded with this whole shit show and this is the this is the grand enchilada of the shit show after this after these two movies chris evans is going to probably bail and danny jr is probably going to bail and I mean, and and Marvel probably wants them to bail so that they can recast with cheaper people. Right. This is the this is the the pinata being shattered across the the gymnasium really? floor. Chris Evans will bail. Is he capable yeah, he, of being? He said he's done. Yeah, he's been pretty vocal about wanting out after his contract's over. Yeah, he'll do weird like low budget sci fi stuff after this for a while. Yeah, and they'll probably just dip out. Amanda, didn't you see Gifted? Didn't didn't you check out Gifted? Snow, I did. Snow plower, snow piercer, snow piercer. Yeah. I did see snow piercer and hated it. But I mean, yeah, I guess like he's made a bajillion dollars. So mm-hmm. I liked him in Sunshine, though. He was good as Mace in that uh, sci-fi Sunshine movie where they travel to the mm-hmm. sun with that big shield ship. Anyway, and Scott Pilgrim, of course. Eh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim can suck my dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna give a big worried on Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of worried, uh, trailer number two tonight comes to us from uh, Wes Anderson, taking a bit of a left turn here. It's called The Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Here we go.
the Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exile colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. Darn it. I've got a crush on you. We get the idea. You were looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know him? No, no. I've lost all of my pride. Spots, if he's alive, may very well be living even at this moment as a captive prisoner. Somebody is up to something. Will you help him? The little pilot. Why should I? Because he's a 12-year-old boy. Dogs love those. We'll find him. Wherever he is, if he's alive, we'll find your dog. It's gonna be a fight! I wish somebody spoke his language. the north, a long rickety causeway over a noxious sludge marsh leading to a radioactive landfill polluted by toxic chemical garbage. That's our destination. Great. Get ready to jump. Intern, worried or excited? Well, of all the Wes Anderson movies I've seen, there's only been one that I didn't really like, and that was Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I've, uh, a little bit of concerns here as he's going back to his claymation, which I didn't really enjoy the first time. Stop motion. Yeah. I just thought I'd thing. correct you because you got in my face about iPhone cameras last time. So here I am. Here I am. It's all still made out of clay, though. Actually, the hair of the dogs is made out of alpaca wool, but thanks. <laughs> Jammed into some clay. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome, by the way. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying that, Edward Norton's in this, so uh, I'm excited. <laughs> he was the last dog talking. Mm-hmm. He should have been. Um, this is clearly going to evolve around uh, Edward Norton's dog character the most, uh, even though Brian Cranston's name came up first. means nothing. Uh, sure, I'll give this a chance. I'm excited. I like uh, Japanese things. I like Wes Anderson. I like uh, stop motion, usually. All right. Daniel? Uh, I'll go excited as well. I find it interesting that I've seen the trailer for this film on TV multiple times, and this is the first time I've been exposed to the fact that it has anything to do with Japan. <laughs> <laughs> really, really weird 
cut of this trailer going on down here that shows <laughs> nothing but the dogs on some sort of place that they own. Man, wow. I swear to God, every Trailer Park episode has a few, some feedback by you, Daniel. This is like, the trailer on the TV is a completely different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's the first I've I've learned of this. What's crazy is that he never watches TV. <laughs> but he just manages to catch <laughs> these TV spots that have been fucked with for Texas. So it's really weird. I don't know why they focused on that so much. Because it kind of tells the same story regardless. But yeah, I mean, it looks uh, Wes Anderson. It's got him all over it. So that can be a good or a bad thing. Let's hope it's a good thing. And there's a whole bunch of actors doing voices that we like. So, sure. I'll go with this dawdling adventure. Excited? Hour and 41 minutes, too. Not suffocating. Nope. Amanda, what say you? Uh, I love Wes Anderson. I the, I think the only one of his movies that I haven't seen is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Same here. Um, but this trailer made me emotional. I actually <laughs> teared up during this trailer. Um and I know that it's going to have like a, a a wonderful journey, happy ending that I I miss sometimes in movies. We can't just have like a nice story anymore. Everything's awful all the time. Uh, so I look forward to that, and I'm very excited. Nathan, did intern say he was worried about this or excited? I said I was excited. Oh right, because of uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to tell you. I've had quite a journey with Mr. Anderson. And it's interesting that Intern hates Fantastic Mr. Fox. And you guys haven't seen it because that was actually the first time watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I was just like, eh, maybe I'm being a dick. You know, I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox and I was like, eh, maybe I'm being a dick. Most people like it. Well, Rushmore, I, I loved. And then ever since then, he just kept disappointing me. Fantastic Mr. Fox, I hesitated. And then Grand Budapest brought me back again. And I was like, dude, I, I don't know what it is about this guy. He makes such eclectic, weird movies. And they always have the same, similar feel to them. And he's definitely created his own category almost. Like, that's a Wes Anderson movie, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I feel like maybe it's that when I watch his stuff, like, look at this. It's, it's you know, alpaca wool, claymation, stop motion dogs, and Japan. And I feel less creative as a, as a person when I see this guy make things. <laughs> <laughs> don't... I mean, don't you guys like feel a little like, wow, like where did you come up with this shit? And what drove you to this? This is the longest stop motion film of all time right now. It beat out Coraline and became the longest stop motion film of all time. Coraline's longer than Nightmare Before Christmas? I don't know. It beat out Coraline by two minutes. <laughs> I'm sure it's just like a, I'm going to beat it by three minutes. Yeah, but three minutes is like three months of yeah, work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of other things too. Uh, Wes Anderson hosted a competition for someone to be a member of the voice cast for this film. The only requirement was that you donated $10 or more to the Film Foundation, uh, a nonprofit funded by Scorsese, which specializes in the preservation and restoration of film around the world. Wes Anderson just loves movies, and he's just a creative, quirky guy, and he's got his little gang of people that he works with all the time. Edward Norton, who is apparently very difficult to work with and a bit of a prick, on sets is Wes Anderson's fucking tight ass buddy and apparently has no problem working with him. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to pull the stick out of my ass and just embrace Wes a bit more. So have you seen bottle rocket? Uh, no, but I've, I know of it. That was, was that his very first one? Yeah. yeah. 
to and, me, it, and it, least Wes Anderson-y. Yeah, but to me, it like because it's his first and it's his least. Yeah, like not like the way I don't know. To me, like that will sell you on his sense of humor if the other ones won't. Or if you're struggling, I don't know. I love Bottle Rocket. I think yeah, I there's no four minute cutaways to like stop motion origami or anything like that. Right. I, I'm open to watching Bottle Rocket for sure. It's the Wilson Brothers, right? Yeah. There's. And I'm just, I don't know. I just, I just think I need to pull my stick out of my ass about Wes Anderson because he executes. He fucking executes. It may be in his own weird way, but he executes all the time. And all the people who work with him seem to love working with him. And I don't know what my problem was for years with this guy. And I just need to let it go. That's as far it is. You know, if I compare it to baseball, because it's opening day for baseball uh, right today. Mm-hmm. If I was to compare it to baseball, I'd say that when he first came into my cinephilic world, he was, you know, he was batting ninth. You know, he was in and out of the lineup. It's a pinch hitter. Wasn't really on my radar. But he's now like developed himself into this consistent guy that just constantly executes. I think he's batting cleanup. He never, this guy never quits. He's just constantly executing. He might enter on my list one day, but it starts with pulling the stick out of my ass. And that's what we're doing here tonight. Pulling the stick out of my ass excited. Excellent. Trailer number three, The Fulcrum. And apparently um, has a woman in it that is allowed to take Daniel's seed. Um, This is A Quiet Place, starring Emily Blunt and her husband, John Krasinski. A quiet place. Here we go. Daniel, worried or excited about a quiet place? Uh, I am familiar with the quiet place because of the woman I love, and I'm very excited. 
uh, this looks quality. Uh, my only concern, and it's, you know, if I'm going to be a pessimist about things, it's probably going to be the thing that takes this movie down. But that's whatever it is that's hunting them. Can they keep it out of sight? Can they keep it scary? What little I'm being teased with has me a little concerned. But the thriller aspect and the fear uh, that they build up with the fact that you just know that they're in an apocalyptic world, they cannot make any noise or they'll be killed by something that's outside. And you just know that just makes every single moment uh, a walking on eggshells, which is great for a horror film. So every time somebody moves or touches something or something rocks or almost falls onto the ground, everyone's going to be gasping and holding their breath throughout this entire thing. And, I, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll give it an excited. I definitely want to see this. I'm just a little concerned about what is hunting them. I'm getting some talking points from Sad Sack. Do you want me to pump some out before we toss it around? Sure. Uh, 90 minutes on the dot. Mm-hmm. PG-13. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be violent. Uh, the filmmakers purchased 20 tons of corn and hired local farmers to grow it. <laughs> <laughs> Original screenplay screenplay only contained one line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Awesome. This could be one of the quietest unspoken movies, yeah. Script was submitted to Krasinski, and he rewrote or did drafts of it. So I think if it succeeds or fails, you can maybe blame John. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Uh, lead characters in the movie are a rarity. They are not only given no names or do not use any names in the film, but are given no names in the screenplay and are simply referred to as man, woman, and child. Nice. <clears throat> Observation that I've made is that there's also a lack of diversity in this film. Amanda. Right. <laughs> and I'd also like to there's say... There's a lack of diversity in this four-person family. Got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this four-person family. And and I think uh, Amanda and I, uh, you and I, I think, talked about this last night, was that we're both just happy to see John be in something we want to see. Right. Ah, yeah. Absolutely. I love him so much. Are you guys... I'm worried that he'll never be anything but Jim. Yeah. Are you excited? Well, he's trying to break out of that mold with being Jack Ryan in that uh, Amazon TV series. Okay, good. But still, does that just mean that he's just a TV actor? He's taking that... That's what was that movie intern? The thirteen uh, Benghazi. Yeah, Benghazi. The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. He's taking that rough, you know, bearded, uh, sweaty, ripped guy, and he's turning him into something. He looks actually kind of. He looks. I think he'll pull off Jack Ryan. Actually, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I'm excited about this movie. I think there's. I think I'm gonna really like the tension. For me, that makes a horror movie. Um, and uh, we got tickets. We're gonna go see it. Actually early we're going to see it on wednesday victory club wait victory club yeah advanced victory screening (laughs) no i'm 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 stoked i'm gonna step in i'm gonna make the intern go last on this one because i can't contain myself i am fascinated with the whole silence thing will people shut up in the theater yeah usually when the movie's quiet it draws everyone else to be quiet with it yeah except for those that couple that was next to me in blade runner who i had to talk to who left Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, actually, no. If you're in the Alamo, they have to, otherwise, they get booted. So, victory yeah, kicked out, no refund. Advanced victory screening, and means you're gonna have people who are victory members, which means you guys are probably pretty safe, which is awesome. Is that um, that's a thing? People get kicked out if they talk in the... in, in yes. Alamo. Yeah, they get oh warned warned once and then booted. That's yeah, no the greatest. Yeah. No talking, no texting. And if you arrive after the movie has started, you don't get lit in. <laughs> yeah, tough cookies. <laughs> you got to move to Texas there, intern. That's, yeah. That's where your, your real home <laughs> Sounds is. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, it is heaven. They, um, would, they do marathons of all the movies you love back to back and then serve you food and beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Get in the car, buddy. 
It's okay. You can leave. Go watch a bunch of Ingmar Bergman films. I was literally going to use that as an example. Yeah. (laughs) This is the year. Kurosawa. Re-releasing all of them. Uh They do show a lot of weird anime, too, like frequently. Yeah. Yeah, I think, in turn, you should just work for the Alamo Draft House. Go manage an Alamo. That probably would be weirdly like a great job for you. Perfect fit for the intern. Yeah, dude. Just in there somewhere, probably hitting management level somewhere because he's walking into the theater dragging people out being like fucking talk bullshit come on with me i'm breaking your legs that's what you drew from that not the yeah not the rest of the desk job but we just can't keep him from dragging people out of the theater (laughs) (laughs) what's 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 nobody talks during my swedish films What's what's Negan's bat's name in The Walking Dead? Lucille or something? Lucille. Lucille. Yeah. 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 Intern's just like hand me Lucille. <laughs> Walk in with their barbed wire bat. Kick people out. Oh, it's just a moldy like link <laughs> sausage. I am uh countdown to double down excited about a quiet place. Also the sequel, a loud place. Soon. Coming soon. We have to constantly make right. make noise. Screaming at the over fifty decibels. <laughs> Or it will explode. Oh, yeah. You have to constantly keep a certain amount of decibels going. That would be awful to watch. It's like speed, but different. Yeah, everyone's just screaming. I'm actually fascinated by this film because it's some of the stuff in the trailer is, I mean, her in that tub trying to give birth and be quiet. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Let's hope Christ. that this um, is what that other movie wanted to be. Which you know other movie? About? Which one? That movie where, like, you couldn't go outside. Oh, it night. comes at night. It comes at night, yeah. Right. Oh, A24 taking a slap in the face from Krasinski and Blunt. Boom. Excited. This uh, brings up a problem. What? With uh, I don't know how those kids are alive because when you have birth and kids are little, they scream for no reason. So yeah. that's uh, I don't know why those other kids are there unless they were Children born are a product after. of their environment. And if you're quiet your whole life from day one, then you'd shut the fuck up. What if you like? How can you shut up a baby that just... Automatic reaction is out. to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Tails in the background, like, what if you, what, what ha, you, you cut its tongue out? Cut it. Right. Surely this has only been going on for like a few months because I can't imagine that anyone would get pregnant in this yeah, world. Okay. Also, right. or have toys. Problem. Why does that toy have batteries that Thank work? You. Yeah. Thank you. Saying that, I'm pretty excited to watch this. I think it looks quality. Great. Yeah. Let's move on. Mm. Trailer number four tonight made the lineup because it made the sad sack board members emotional during the trailer. Uh, I bring you A24's Lean on Pete. Lean on Pete. (laughs) Here we go. So what do you think about all this, Charlie? What do you mean? Working the backside, being here in the asshole of nowhere. I like working horses. What's this one's name? Lean on Pete. Number six, lean on me. You won, right? Yes. Look, if we're gonna be working together, you gotta get some manners. 
You gotta chew your food. What does your mom say? I don't know. I don't know her. Well, does your dad have any manners? I don't know. I guess I haven't really noticed. You gonna be okay on your own today? Yeah. Did your mom leave you or something? Yeah. Worried or excited? I'm crying, you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't like horse movies, <laughs> but I like this horse movie. Uh, well, and this, you know, it's sort of like the the Isle of Dogs one. Like, there's something about a kid with an animal that just really hits me right in the feels. And then you add on top of that that like he has nobody. And nobody cares about him, but he still like takes control to the extent that he can and runs away and say, "Oh my god, I'm I'm all in, excited." I'm gonna step in because I also nearly cried when I first watched this trailer. Made me emotional. Made the members of the set suck bored, emotional. Um, Something about it that's uh, drawing me in and making me, you know, take all the criticism that could be there and toss it to the side. And there was a lot of uh, debate over whether this movie would make it to the lineup or not. And I kept hearing Daniel's voice over and over in my head saying, he's a thief. He stole the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Morty. (laughs) Why are we crying and celebrating this fucking thief? Right. That's what I was was thinking in my head. But anyway, I'm excited. And uh, actually Charlie Plummer, He's the kid who gets his ear cut off in that All the Money is in the World movie. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job in that movie. And he's also he was also the runner-up for Spider-Man that Tom Holland beat out. So see that? Yeah, I didn't realize how uh, how big this kid was is uh, possibly going to be. But yeah, a twenty-four. The whole movie was shot chronologically, which means that that's a bonus to the actors involved because they get continuity with their performance, which means the uh, performances could be very good in a trailer that made me very emotional and despite the fact that there could be something boring about the content i'm all in excited as well because i think it could be a emotional journey and i do i do fancy myself an emotional journey intern um a24 uh i think they've got a pretty good track record i'd say about 40 uh, percent of the stuff they put out it's been phenomenal 
And I don't think Disney has got their fingers into into them at this point in time. So not yet. I'm uh, non-Disney invasive excited for uh, one of the few A24 films that I can be excited about. <laughs> it's a nice little dig there. Yeah. Uh, this movie's not for me. <laughs> I was uh, I was surprised that Bashimi was in there. That took me a long. I think I was halfway through the trailer before I realized it was him. And uh, yeah, a lot of uh, running around, being emotional, no parents, and uh, horses. Horses are huge turnoff. Such a huge turnoff cinematically that this movie literally had no chance once a horse appeared in it. <laughs> That's the first. So, would you have been into this movie if it was about a dog? Uh, I've been more into it. Probably still wouldn't have watched it. Uh, <laughs> unless it's like. I have to be careful because they could one day make like a badass horror movie about some horse that like stomps people to death. And I'd be totally into that. So I can't say it would be an immediate turnoff, but this put this in the pile with war horse and black beauty. And else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also hate, I don't like horses, but I, I like the rest of it. That's fine. But this one's not for riding. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's for stealing thief. <laughs> Stupid. I'm kid. Okay. All right, final trailer, five hole tonight. Uh, Joaquin mm, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, yeah, uh, this is called huge, huge reaction from the Cannes Film Festival on this one. This is you were never really here. You were never really here. Here we go. I'm going to ask you some questions. How many are there? One guy inside the front door. Second guy on the top floor. After the tone, please leave a message. It's done. Man called. He wants to see you right away. State Senator Albert Vato, his teenage daughter's missing. What's the lead? He got an anonymous text with an address. I've heard of these places. They said you were brutal. I can be. I want you to hurt them.
Hashtag bring the hammer. <laughs> Nathan, back to you. Well, the proud and pretentious gave this a seven-minute standing ovation at Cannes. Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't tell uh, me any more before I change my mind. All right. Well, no, Lynn Ramsey is the director of We Need to Talk About Kevin. I've seen that. It's executed very well. Despite content issues, potentially for some people, it is a very well-made movie. Uh, this won awards for acting and screenplay, which are, to me, probably the two most important elements. And Joaquin Phoenix continues to just make interesting choices and kick ass. So, And this is a brutal, it looks like it's about a brutal, violent movie about a guy, what looks to be rescuing a young girl from a sex trafficking situation, which uh, is kind of a hot topic at the moment in my brain for some reason. And I am excited about Joaquin Phoenix. Also, just looking at that, like his invasion, have you ever seen somebody uh, film a situation like that from security camera videos? Like, that's kind of an interesting idea. I've never seen that, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. He's picking out hammers and shit. Yeah. Yep. I'm in. Oh, full steam ahead. There's no reason to doubt this. Excited. Yeah. I'll piggyback on that and say also excited. Uh, hammers are an incredibly brutal way to murder someone. The fact that that's his preferred go-to says a lot about his <laughs> character in general. And the fact that he's the main character and not a side character that comes in to like give you like violent pleasures makes it means that there's going to be a, a very bizarrely complicated uh, twist that they definitely uh, show you happens in the trailer. Uh, so you're going to get a lot more out of this character than just beating people with hammers, which I think is pretty interesting. They give him an interesting look, too. He can, like, both... If he, like, puts... If he combs his hair and puts a little wax in his beard, he can look pretty quaffed. But then he, if he if he just tussles himself up a little bit with a hoodie, he looks homeless. So it's like, it's like he's got a cool, uh, I don't know, sort of back-alley gray superhero vibe to him, which I think is uh, is pretty cool. And I hope, if it's all about vengeance and just murdering a bunch of sex traffickers, I'm all for it. Excited. Amanda? Um, Nathan, uh, can I get a runtime? You definitely can. This minutes. is one hour and 30 minutes. Are you lying to me? I am not lying to you. 90 on the dot. The word is out. They've learned. You were just looking for an excuse to say worried, weren't you? And now I've taken it from you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really good, mm. right? My concern is a runtime. It feels, the trailer feels like it might be for a movie that is too long also are you saying that you think we're lying to you <laughs> i don't trust you right now <laughs> look it up on the internet okay so it's yeah. really 90 minutes it's if it really is, is then then i then i'm in i it, it felt like i'm seeing a lot of different places you are going to be watching a very long journey <laughs> you're going to be watching lean on pete for 30 minutes more than you will watch this okay um i do like this look i like uh the concept i don't like being told that i will be mesmerized and gripped and astounded quoting persuasion yeah all these single word quote persuaders i just don't like trailers like that but that could just be the way they made the trailer what if we go see it and at the end i stand up and start clapping (laughs) for seven like please dino we have to go and i'm like six more minutes I I, I'll say this. The quote persuasion stuff is pissing me off too. And I, I like that Amanda brings that up because I feel like the quote persuasion is okay if they stopped like three quotes shy of what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, okay, guys. Okay. 
Like your your trailer was good and the movie looked great and now just just stop it. Yeah. And I have a weird relationship with Joaquin Phoenix in the sense that I don't I don't think I really like him, but he is a great actor, so I have to appreciate him most of the time, but I don't have a fondness for him. So he's actually a negative for me where he should be a positive, I guess. I kind of get that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I feel you. Even though I like him, I, I do understand that. I, I do appreciate his integrity because it feels like he, de- I mean, like we were talking about earlier with Marvel, he makes what he wants to make, period. He doesn't mm. seem to, you know, dabble in, in stuff just for money or for in blockbusters. fame and publicity yeah. and stuff like that. So um, it's a tough one for me, but I will fall excited and shard again. Hmm. You shard it again. Love break. Come on. Double shard. Double shard. Countdown to double down. Back to back shards. Has that ever happened before? Countdown it's to double down. It's going to happen for the next three episodes, and then I'm done. Oh, you're sharding your way out. <laughs> you're sharding out. That's terrible. Countdown to shut down sharding is not ethical. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just want to add quickly about Joaquin Phoenix that I've got this weird soft spot for Joaquin, mainly because I'm a River Phoenix fanboy. And I know that their family went through some tough shit with River Phoenix ODing in front of that place and ruining what might have been one of the best careers. And it's just weird for him to live in the shadow of his dead brother, to rise slowly, and just to always execute. And I feel like his main thing where he like stepped onto the stage and announced himself was Commodus in Gladiator. And it was such a he did such a good job of being such a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. I think that that character itself may have like supplanted itself in people's brains and just made them think of this petty bullshit little fuck face every time they look at him a, l- a little bit you can do that right play a character too well that it scars yeah. you forever oh he was so good as commodus he's uh, fucking ditch see for me i see this like gross amalgamation of um the man in black and the the dude from her and i hate her <laughs> so much yeah. see i love her i love her i know i also love hair lips so i'm big big <laughs> on the joaquin intern um after watching this trailer i would say that uh i was gripped um i was me- mesmerized i did feel that it was a daring work of art um from a director i haven't seen anything from which i guess it's time to go watch all her movies um and an actor who i think is probably my favorite living actor right now for what's been coming out he would uh he would be on my uh wimp list your no, your wima yeah <laughs> my wima yeah my wima list walking <laughs> phoenix uh i haven't been this excited for a movie after watching a trailer since last year so this is the number one trailer this year so far congratulations sad sack i just splooged excited holy shit this is interns john wick i think so i am excited on every level i can be surprised you haven't seen we need to talk about kevin actually that's surprising to me it's been on my list of things to watch for like three years there's (laughs) there's one scene in that movie that you will absolutely love Mm. great it'll take you back (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 it seems um i come across articles too like there's nothing negative about this movie being said like uh the daily beast the headline is you were never really here is a brutal beautiful movie masterpiece that's a fucking headline that's that's boasting i don't know i get concerned when i see shit like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. well len ramsey's only made three other 
feature length movies, so this I could catch up on that pretty quick. Yeah, well, that's child's play for you. What were you telling me earlier that you've watched every movie in every lineup all the way up to 75? No, I was wanting to for episode 100. Oh, and how far away? Oh, 28 movies away. That's what you said. Yeah. Can I watch 28 movies in the time that it takes us for Countdown to shut down? This is what you were saying. Yeah. Right. Countdown, you mean Countdown to Double Down. There is no shutdown. Evasion of the shutdown, episode one, two, and three. <laughs> no, 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 no. Double down on counting down to the shutdown. I am seriously going to stop at 99 and just fuck with you for the end of time. <laughs> it's going to be 99 this, 99 that. Colon this, colon that. It's going to be terrible. He's going to start episode 100 at like 9 a.m. <laughs> 99 takes New York. 99 goes to space. It's going to be a wild ride, and I hope you guys are along for it. That being said, the end of our lineup, pretty good one. Maybe not the best one ever. Maybe the best one ever. You'd have to evaluate. There's some there's some pissy people about Disney on this thing right now. And yep. some horse grumps. <laughs> not to mention the horse grumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking thief. Welcome, everyone, to the roundtable, the second part of Trailer Park Podcast, where we decompress. And it has been brought to my attention recently that um, there was a few complaints filed that it seems like ever since the burden list and the archive update have been thrown to the side, that um, there's uh, been a bit of a lackadaisical attitude towards the roundtable. And let me just clear all of this up for everyone right now. The roundtable is not about you. It's not about the billion. It's not about the million. It's about us. It's about us decompressing, socializing, and understanding one another and allowing this experience to affect us. It has nothing to do with you. So if you don't like the roundtable, there's the fucking door. Okay? You can you can leave. You you don't have to stay for this part of the show. You can fuck right off. In, intern, sit down. <laughs> so who has brought things of interest tonight to the roundtable? Any movies recently watched? Any things they want to share? Use this as an opportunity to breathe, to let go. I'm going to breathe. Dan and I watched a gem that I know Nathan has seen. I feel like the intern has probably seen. But Dan and I watched the other night, for no particular reason at all, The Little Hours. Mm. Mm. That'd be a second viewing for Daniel. No. No, the Aubrey Plaza. Oh, I was seeing Little Children. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, no. oh, he watched the pedophile movie twice. No. <laughs> no, no. No, no, the, the nun. The nun thing. The yeah. nun comedy. Yeah, I Question mark? Did we watch that together in turn, or is that just me and Chelsea? I haven't seen it. Okay. What a wackadoodle little movie. I am baffled. <laughs> <laughs> like, we talked about it a lot, because the trailer sold like a completely different movie. But the movie we got wasn't bad. It was just weird. Like really weird. Like a contemporary absurdist comedy in the fashion of all those actors that are in there. That comes in and out sporadically. But then in between is like a filmed 
better than it should be movie with like really intense, dramatic, almost surreal sex scenes in it. Like, yeah, was the the sex scenes were too much in in it in if I mean like so out of left field and. I don't know why, why, who thought of this? Why was this movie made? I don't know. It's like Antichrist mixed with Nacho Libre. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to sit here. Yeah, I was trying to formulate an opinion in my brain to share. And um, yeah, that's actually pretty good, Daniel. Uh, I wouldn't, I guess it'd be more like mixing Antichrist and Nacho Libre and, and where they meet in the middle is... Is kind of where it lands, right? Yes, that, like that it doesn't right. contain that any. Seam. Yeah, it doesn't contain any of the any of the extremes in either movie, but it kind of meets somewhere in the middle, and that's yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's uh, for me, it was more like okay, yeah, no, the comic tone is there for sure, but what the fuck is going on with this like witch meeting with the blood? <laughs> <Yeah>. Witches. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this part? There's like a very long like let's get drunk and be lesbians scene. <laughs> Before yeah. the witchery, I- yeah. and then during the witchery, just like yeah. of so much weird nudity. <laughs> yeah, like you see, you, you get to see you get to see Kate Micucci full on nude, top to bottom, front and back, bushing your face for like ten straight minutes. <laughs> it's really weird, but yeah. like in a serious scene. Yeah, none of that was like funny. Funny. No, she's like freaking out. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, there's like a little little switches that keep happening throughout the movie where you like say like, oh, oh, this is actually this. Like, like oh, like Audrey Aubrey Plaza isn't just debaucherous; she's fucking evil. Like, right? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Okay. She's just being Aubrey Plaza. No, she has a reason this time. Yeah. Oh, this this is going ten feet further than I thought it was. Oh, Jesus Christ! What is this fucking? I can't thing? wait to watch this. <laughs> it was it was just so it was so weird because once it was done, I was like, "Was that good or bad? Why am I still talking about it?" <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Well, I think actually Ingrid Goes West as well is kind of similar in that way where oh. where it promotes one thing and then you go in and and you're just like, "Oh, Jesus! Oh, fuck! Oh, this is a little bit okay. Well, not quite as." Uh, dramatic as the you know nacho libre antichrist union <laughs> but uh it goes west is pretty serious it goes dark it goes a lot darker yeah. than you think it's gonna go and it's it does it in a serious way with that comedic light and plaza i think was involved in producing both of those movies so it's like aubrey just had like a fucking year where she just knocked a couple ones over the fence you know yeah so yeah. great <clears throat> More baseball. I think references. she's really just uh, able to do whatever the hell she actually wants to do now. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's nice. And this is it. This is what she wants to do. <laughs> Which is, yeah. <laughs> the, the tone. Just anybody listening, just go watch this movie and then what is the tone? Can you pin it down? Mm-hmm. Who, what audience was this intended for? <laughs> right. Like, I loved, like, I thought Riley and, and Baby, Fra- Baby Franco were hilarious, but they were both so subdued. Like barely any dialogue, lots of like looks. Like uh, uh, it's hard to explain. John C. Riley is great. <laughs> yes, he's really good at it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, and and uh, Armisen shows up and he's wicked and everybody's <laughs> yeah. everybody does a good job. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, Armisen's just like out their crimes. Like, do you yeah. think I've ever had to say drinking blood before? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on here at this place? Are you seriously looking at each other right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's pretty solid, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna vent. I'm gonna vent. 
Okay. Uh, we re- Chelsea and I recently watched the Belco experiment. Oh yeah. Has anybody else seen this? I have not. Mm-mm. Okay. No, I I keep thinking it's that other movie. A mayhem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that has Stephen Yoon, so I could see Amanda going to mayhem before she goes to Belco. But I am here to tell you that James Gunn wrote this movie, and you should go to Belco because not because of the whole thing. I'd say that uh, you know, like any any movie, I feel like all movies are this way now. Whenever there's violence or any sort of escalation towards uh, a, a, an action-based outcome that the final 15, like 20 minutes is kind of like, okay, okay, we get it, right? You kind of like, yeah. you built up the pressure and you're just spewing the the pressure out. You just burst your bubble and you squeeze all the pus all over the place, right? right. And, and as that's happening, you're like, okay, 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 I get it. But the buildup to that is very solid. Belco is about 80% really, really tight. And I really enjoyed, I got kind of sucked into it. I was like kind of flipping between it because it was on a movie channel and something else. And I kept staying on it instead of going back to the sports that I was watching. I was like, Jesus Christ, I should save this and watch it with Chelsea. So I did. <laughs> and it was good. It was really good. It's a similar, similar plot to Mayhem? Oh, I think they're probably the similar movie. I think Mayhem had a disease component and Belko had the uh, weird overseer locking them in the building aspect. So mm-hmm. as much as we want to compare them, I think the driving factor between the two office environments is very different. So I don't think that they will be comparable if you watch both of them. But that's just my speculation. Yeah, I was wondering if it was like a office people killing each other. Well, it's just like it's, it's how like they come into the building, right? And the shit locks down and they just say, you have 20 minutes to decide about this, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're going to kill 30 of you. And they debate the humanity of it. And it's that, it's that James Gunn script writing, that, that debate, and it escalates and escalates and escalates until they start becoming murderous psychopaths. And it's that transition that's like, fuck, this is, this is written pretty good. And they got good actors, too. They got, you know, some solid people with John C. McGinley and, and Tony Goldwyn. I don't know. It was just uh, that, uh, it was that escalation of the tension that uh, really sold me. Well, yeah, I want to see it. You know I love my boy Gunn. I was going to bring up a William Friedkin's documentary with you as well, Daniel. Have you heard about this? Uh, is it what do you mean, recently? Yeah, it's about to come out. Uh, it's called The Devil and Father Amorth. And it's about free. It's a documentary about William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, traveling to Rome to meet with 91-year-old father Gabriel Amorth, known as the Vatican Exorcist, to film a real-life exorcism. Cool. And it is about the the ninth, a terrifying look at the ninth and final exorcism performed by Father Amorth. Weird. No, it is nine? Yeah. Don't you just feel sorry for all those people with, like, um, shit. What are those people that have seizures? Like epilepsy? All those epileptic kids that are getting, you know, exercised? Well, that's how you get the last bit of it out. So you get the demon out. That caused the epilepsy (laughs) in the first place. Right, right. Freakin explains it as a completion of a cycle. Like uh, like when he made The Exorcist, he had not witnessed an exorcism, and he wondered how close he had come to portraying reality. And he was trying to be granted permission to meet and film this specific father, and he finally got access to him. So he made this film as an opportunity to complete the circle to see how close he came. Weird. Now I'm curious too. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'd like to uh, bring up a little ditty. I feel like there's two things that I have to comment on. Okay. Before that, though, <clears throat> one I watched Caligula. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, 
anyway, just a, just a lazy two, like, Monday afternoon toss Caligula in there. Uh, no, I was uh, I watched an interview with uh, Helen Mirren, and then I was like, you know, I need to watch a bunch more movies with her. I need to see her naked. Maybe let's start with Caligula. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Um, and uh, I think the most interesting thing to me is when I, you know, put it on, it comes up as a it's a penthouse feature movie, which I felt like I should have known that beforehand the x-rated that it was produced anyway. by penthouse yeah i had yeah, no idea x or nc-17 right wait this is an old school movie right yeah that 79. starred significant actors at the time yeah like peter o'toole and and it was produced by penthouse yeah did it have porn in it or what yeah what it's there's it's it's very sexual really yeah. jesus christ yeah one of the scenes at the end there's like this the blow job that happens to completion like on screen on screen, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, and there's like sex throughout the whole thing. Yeah, orgies and stuff. People yeah. are naked. And, yeah. Anyway, uh, that happened. And next, to tie in with Caligula, I watched Pom Poco, which is a Studio Ghibli anime movie. And uh, X rated. It's about, it's about raccoons who uh, are getting. Oh boy. Their, their forest is getting taken over by people's homes, um, but they're magical raccoons and they use their balls. Uh, for like a mat like the lead raccoon guy spreads his balls out and they all come and sit on the mat what um they also use their balls as like a parachute um and then as a big heavy sack to destroy human beings what the fight this is a pg movie made in 1994 and i was so shocked i thought it was like the most wonderful fucked up thing because i had no idea that this was going to happen Wait, so 1994, Japanese cartoon, yeah, raccoons that kill humans with their balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure I'm so hearing good. this correctly. Oh, and it's so funny because they're like the first thing you notice is that like you can see their testicles hanging out for like the first 30 minutes before anything happens with them, and then all of a sudden they're doing this one scene, and the the guy sucks this mat out, and he's like, "This was my testicles," and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Uh, anyway, and then ends in a job uh, yeah, maybe, maybe in the adult version. So anyway, moving Jesus on, the last Christ. thing I, I wanted to talk about is uh, Raw. Okay, Eddie, yeah. Eddie Murphy Raw. No, yeah. no, no. The uh, oh, the horror the movie horror about film. the girl that eats people. Yeah, have you seen that, Nathan? Daniel has. I have not. Uh, yeah. So this has joined the ranks of uh, one of two horror films that I feel is actually horrifying. <laughs> That I plan to never watch again. That was really good. Um, yeah. What's the other one? Uh, the Martyrs. The original Martyrs. Hmm. What about Antichrist? Yeah. I haven't seen turn likes watching women get uh, have their skin peeled. Um, <laughs> this is fucking horrifying. <laughs> it is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I can't remember a lot of Raw, to be honest. I do remember, and I think I may even have mentioned this when we watched it a while back, Amanda and I, that it captured... The like stifling, uh, claustrophobic anxiety of like rave parties really, really well. Yeah, that was like my, that was like my, the main thing that I still have in my head from that movie is uh, skin peeling gore and uh, every party scene, me feeling sweaty, uh, full of drugs, and uh, anxious. I think um, there's a scene where the main girl's sister bites a piece of her cheek off, mm-hmm. and I like remember having this moment where my body convulsed like i should be wanting to throw up right now but 
nothing happened, but it was like a body convulsion. Like, oh, God, which is the only other time that's happened is, you know, the skin peeling and martyrs. <laughs> yeah. Or you were excited. You're like, ah, oh, the cheek meat's the best meat. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Anyway, um, everything seemed pretty, uh, pretty authentic. Well done with the, uh, the goop. Yeah. God, God, there's so yeah, I'm starting to remember different pieces and, and bits now. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, so, anyway. Got a French a... vibe to it, right? What's that? Is it got a French vibe or an Argent- yeah, well, Argentine? Yeah, it's French. Yeah. yeah, well, they speak in French anyway. There you go. Yeah. I'm starting to feel bad about not watching any Burden movies. Oh, yeah, that was a, a thing I was going to talk about also. I watched yeah. half of Laser Team. <laughs> half, eh? Yeah, I wasn't going to talk about it until I watched, watched more of it. But I'm yeah. just so obsessed with Banshee right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking show. It's getting to the point, though, where it's like it's starting to get a little bit too good for its britches, you know? Like it's losing its edge with the with the with the with the awfulness or the yeah. uh, the good awfulness, you know? Come on, guys. let's get let's get a let's get a 45 minute female fist fight like, going again. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the finale of the first season of that TV show is just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I even watching? <laughs> oh, my God. Intern, you have no idea. This this uh, this woman just becomes very badass and gets into mm-hmm. like this episode-long fight with a Russian thug, and they beat the shit out of each other. Like They beat each other to a, to a pulp. Like They're all bloody and stab wounds and grossness. Yeah, like at the end, they're just like laying next yeah. to each other, like trying to touch each other for damage, but they don't even have the energy for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's going on in the background through the whole episode. And uh, <laughs> and the show is like that. It'll just like get attached to this uh, crazy th- idea and just really go the distance with it. And I, I'm starting to think that it's getting a little like I'm in the middle of season two and it's it's just getting a little too good at it. Like, are you crossing that line into good good? Wait, wait, wait. Pump the brakes here, guys, yeah. you know? Wait, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want you to keep being good-bad, and uh, I feel like you're going to try to be scale. good, good, and the content of the show will betray you. So you need to you need to remember who you are. Right, albinos <laughs> making other people suck their dick. <laughs> you need to get <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, like the latest episode, I don't know, it was like um, most of it, I was like, uh-oh, worried, and then at the end I was like, okay, all right, you remembered who you were at the end. Uh, you got me. You got me for a quick sec. You're all good. It's like that FBI agent that I liked. He gets uh, his head blown off. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there it is. All right. Oh, yeah. And that girl you thought was following you that was just getting groceries? Nope. She was the assassin in the wheat field, covered in weird gear, hiding herself amongst the wheat. This is, yeah, this is where we should be. Yes. There we go. There yeah. we go. Hashtag you, you can see where I, like, I like faltered. I must have had the same uh, same realizations <laughs> that you were having. That's, like, the same spot, I think, where I stopped. Season two, episode five. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere will, in the middle there. So I think. <laughs> will you commit to beginning with me on season two, episode six? Uh, yeah, I think I might just have to rewatch the first few of season two over again. Okay, fair enough. Although the climax, the real heavy thing, it might be better to watch the last few episodes of season one and then just jump forward. Just, just jump. Forward. Just take a leap. Yeah. Okay. She goes to prison. Yeah. Okay. She gets into a fight. Yeah, but they make it a little bit too melodramatic. She should have just been, like, kicking the shit out of people constantly in that prison. People should have fucked with her, and she should have just put them down. That's right. what it should have been. So I was a little bit, you know, I just I want to try to move forward here. A little concerned. Sorry, intern. We got into a bit of a banshee love fest there. And 
on that note, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I'm just going to do my swan song, and we're going to count down to Double Down for the, the next episode. Okay? Celebrate. Good times. Come on. Uh, yeah, trailerpodcast.com, at T-Park Podcast, at SatSag Studios, at um, The Intern TPP. Mind you, there is quite a few uh, fake accounts involved in that, so you might, if you're an ethical Twitter person, you may want to second-guess yourself on that one. Right, careful talking to The Intern. You might instantly become a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's more important is SatSagStudios.com. That's the mothership. That's where you should go. You can get to everything through there. And that being said, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. I'm pretty sure Amanda bailed, and that's fine. We love her anyway. <laughs> Good Fair enough. <laughs>